Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. Today we talk to St. Louis Treasurer Tashara Jones, who just yesterday announced she will be reevaluating the city's relationships with the banks that handle its money. She wants more info from those banks about things like their proportion of women and minority employees and just where in the city they're making loans and opening or closing branches. Treasurer Jones, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So just first off, when we talk about banks getting city deposits, explain what that means. What is this money and and how much of it is there? So I am the chair of the funds committee, which includes myself, um, the uh, mayor and the comptroller. And each year we um, read, we evaluate banks and um, literally tell departments these are the banks that the city will do business with based on an application process, which is really a survey. Uh, We meet every summer to um, refresh that list based on the number of banks and credit unions who've actually submitted the information. And then we have the St. Louis Department of Planning and uh, Urban Development actually synthesize that data into a report uh, that gets put on the city's website. Okay. And I mentioned some some of the info you're looking for, but basically you you sent out a message to banks, do more. What what else are you looking for? Uh, We're looking for lending patterns. And we've been looking at this data since, obviously, this data has been coming in for a long time, but I've been looking at it with a more finely toothed comb uh, since I took office in 2013. And the lending patterns have remained the same. Uh, You can, uh, like I said, the planning department actually maps out um, where loans are being made and where loans are not being made. And it looks like any other map that we look at of the city where there's no lending activity going on in North St. Louis and parts of South St. Louis that where typically more low and moderate income people live. And there's a lot of lending activity in wealthy or affluent areas mm-hmm. in the city. So um, we have to change the trajectory if we want to, to create a city where all of our families have an opportunity to thrive and build assets. Mm. Let's delve into that, that point a little, a little more. When we talk about income inequality or inequality of opportunity in this city, what role do banks play in that? Um, well, redlining is one of the roles that uh, banks have typically played um, by uh, uh, not uh, properly valuating um, uh, uh, houses. The exact same house in North St. Louis uh, is $50,000 or more or less valuated than the same house in South St. Louis um, where, you know, appraisals, for example, are not lending or, or banks are not lending to people in those areas uh, because they, the houses don't appraise out because of uh, lack of comprehensive or lack of comparable data or lack of comparable lending p- patterns. We have to create a market, uh, which the Green Line funding is all, fund is also doing, but we have to create a market. The Green Line Fund? Uh, yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, so the uh, Equal Housing Opportunity Council recently announced um, a uh, project where they uh, copied what's called the Greenlining Fund from um, Detroit. And literally, so you will have a bank that will lend, um, that will make a mortgage loan to someone in a, in a low-income neighborhood, but also um, there will be a basically a second mortgage on top of that because usually the house won't appraise out. So they'll make a second mortgage to to close the gap in between what the appraisal value is and and what they actually and what they actually need to create a market. And when you mention redlining, um, it's important to to remember that there is a, a historical legacy of lending institutions 
playing a role in, in building the, the segregated city that we have today. Yeah, absolutely. I live north of Del Mar, and my father and I actually live, live north of Del Mar, and our houses would be, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth more if our houses were on the south side of Del Mar versus the north side of Del Mar. Mm-hmm. And what about things like just the availability of branches opening and ATMs opening? How much does that play into The availability of branches makes a huge difference because if you go north of Del Mar, you see more payday lenders and title lenders Mm -hmm. than you do actual bank branches. Um, You know, also the availability of credit um, is a a huge factor. Uh, The availability of, uh, uh, you know, people being able to increase their credit scores, uh, thereby not going to payday lenders and title lenders. And other info you're looking for is about just who, who these banks are employing? Yeah, their workforce diversity. We're looking at a copy of their most recent CRA reports or the Community Reinvestment Act reports. And we're also asking this year a new question. Um, what are you doing toward uh, what have you done to, uh, with the Ferguson, Fer- Ferguson Commission report? Mm. You know, what things uh, have you what calls to action have you addressed uh, in the Ferguson Commission report? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I heard you talk about that. And connect the dots for someone who's just new to this issue. The treasurer of the city of St. Louis what does the Ferguson report have to do with where the city puts its bank deposits? Well, there was a huge section in the report on uh, financial literacy and financial capability of families, allowing families to thrive. And the city's treasurer is the uh, chief banking and chief cash management officer for the city and chief investment officer. So um, it would uh, we have to pay strict attention to the the banks that we do business with uh, to make sure that they are um, that that they are uh, uh, making themselves available that they're they're that they're making um, loans in low and moderate income areas that their branches are available in low and moderate income areas we want to make sure that we're getting the best bank for the buck for the city but also for the residents mm-hmm. and so at this point what's happened here is that you've you're asking questions of, of these banks, right? Yes, yes. We're asking questions uh, versus there are some cities that have had uh, this information uh, in, actually enshrined in city code. We would we prefer to, you know, have a gentler approach or kinder or gentler pl- approach and just asking for the information. And, you know, for the most part, all of the banks have complied or the banks that we do business with have complied. They I mean they they told you that they they will they will give you this info or you've already you're already um, having it come some in? of the information we've asked for in previous years and they haven't had okay. a problem giving it to us. Right. Yes. So the question is, um, by asking about these questions, there's an there's an implication that you'd like to see some changes in their practices. So what what leverage do you have as as the treasurer of the city of St. Louis to get the banks to pursue some of these things? Well, we can uh, use the leverage of, you know, not doing business with those banks anymore, you know, not approving them for uh, to be on the list of approved institutions that the uh, financial institution that the city does business with. Um, Because that list literally tells every city department, these are the only banks that you can do business with. Mm -hmm. So what what happens next in this process for you? Um, So we're uh, getting the the, the, uh, banks and financial institutions are turning in the data. um, And uh, like I said, we'll synthesize that. We'll look at it. And then we'll have a funds committee meeting uh, in the summer to actually have an honest and frank conversation uh, with uh, with banks about uh, about all of the data points that we see um, from the information that they turn in, and some of this can be kind of arcane, and the financial details are 
may seem obscure to some folks. Is this a process that you're looking for public input and the public might want to be a part of this ongoing process? Well, there's a public meeting. So when the funds committee meeting is called, it is a public meeting. Do you, uh, do you usually get much attendance at the funds no. committee? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, this, this past meeting, we, uh, this past summer we did, uh, but, the, you know, we posted uh, in enough time for people to come and we would love for the public to weigh in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to shift gears in a moment, but is there more we want to get in about uh, your relationship with the banks? Uh, the other thing uh, we like to also highlight is that um, uh, we've changed our investment strategy from a passive strategy to more active strategy, which since 2013 has yielded the city over uh, $20 million in earnings on our investments. Okay. Well, to shift to shift gears, as sure. they say, um, we don't want to we don't want to neglect to ask you about better together. Yeah. Because you have my been, favorite subject. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> favorite subject, <laughs> not favorite thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've been openly skeptical about better together and. Mm-hmm. Um, Yesterday, you came out strongly against the fact that the St. Louis NAACP endorsed St. Louis County. I'm sorry, the St. Louis County, Mm -hmm. key distinction. Uh, They endorsed, they actually endorsed the merger proposal. You've likened that, you said 30 pieces of silver. Uh, So you've likened that to a Judas Iscariot-like betrayal of people of color in the city. How so? Uh, Because the president of the St. Louis County NAACP is also being paid by Better Together. That's a serious conflict of interest. Um, and if he wants to endorse it uh, as an individual, then by all means endorse it as an individual. But when you are getting paid uh, to to uh, to also support it, and then you bring your organization to the table, uh, that that reeks of uh, impropriety and, and and quid pro quo. Um, isn't an, an elected official allowed to take a stand on something like this? Yes, an elected official, absolutely we're allowed to take a stand, but I'm not taking any money from anybody mm-hmm. uh, in order to, that informs my opinion. Is there a version of a city council, a city county merger that you, you could support? Yes, um, I've looked at, you know, I've had several conversations and I don't even think it's that this, that it's this complicated. Um, I would support the city re-entering the county as another municipality. Um, also, um, we could uh, um, have a couple of seats on the city on the new county council, um, but then also let the city decide, let city voters decide what type of government that they want still within the city limits. So the city still remains a city, even though it's within a county now. Mm-hmm. But let them let the city voters decide mm-hmm. what kind of government they want. And you've also been you've been getting yourself to the court on time a few times lately in the past year, right? There's been a series of court court battles over the city control of parking revenues, and that's made it all the way to the Missouri Supreme Court. That yes. case is scheduled for May 14th. Yes. So that's a substantial amount of money that your office might lose control over. If the court doesn't go your way, how does that affect the kinds of plans we're talking about here today? Well, if if that case stands, the one thing that still stands is that the, the, the city treasurer is still the parking supervisor by state statute. Um, so that does not change. Um, at question here is a municipal burden from the mayor's office and uh, and Alderman Jeffrey Boyd. And uh, and it's funny, you know, we talk about municipal burdens and, 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 the, and the case talks about how um, this is that that the uh, state can't tell city officials what to do and which um, uh, commissions that they sit on. Yet the same statute, there's another statute that uh, details the funds commission that says that the mayor and comptroller must may or shall sit on the funds commission. So uh, it's, you know, it's a uh, selective outrage. OK, well, you still have your, your day in court in front of the Missouri Supreme Court to come. Yes. But um, is the is the 
job of treasurer in this city, whether it's you or anyone else, uh, in danger of losing some influence? Um, I don't know. It, it all depends on what the Supreme Court says. I mean, because they could, you know, you know, we know that the Supreme Court could um, uh, could rewrite the uh, the statutes if they if they so choose and say that this is the way that they would like it to be going forward. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, and even even then, May 14th is just the oral arguments. We don't know when their decisions going to come. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, finally, I'd love to ask you, Treasurer, about the college kids program. I know yes. that, that that's something you've been working on for some time and there's a public event coming up. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, so the college kids children savings account program has a total of 13,567 children saving for college in the city of St. Louis. Uh, the treasurer's office through the control of the parking division. Um, we see the accounts with $50 and the first $50 and uh, parents are able to um earn incentives through either matched savings, perfect or near perfect attendance, or families participation in uh, financial education courses. Um, we're very proud of this program because not only of the children, number of children saving, but uh, the amount of assets. We're about to hit a million dollars in assets this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a million dollars saved for post-secondary education. They can use that for vocational school. They can use it for you know, college, community college, apprenticeships. Um, so we're, we're, it's a broad stroke of what they can use those post-secondary education dollars for. Mm-hmm. And a positive response from folks who've been involved in this? So. Yes, absolutely. As children get their letters, I've seen social media posts from their parents of them jumping up and down on you know, a couch saying, yeah, I'm going to college. Uh, because research at Washington University says that children with less than $500 saved are three times more likely to go to college and four times more likely to complete college than children without savings. So it's not necessarily... It's not always the uh, what's in the account, but it's the presence of the account that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. Is anything else coming up you'd like us to know about that you're working on? Um, our budget's coming up, so that people hope- love budget season, right? Budget season is get my a first favorite row, season. Get a first row seat to that. Yeah, our budget season, our budget uh, is coming up, and, and for those who don't know, uh, the parking division budget does not go through the regular ways and means process. It mm-hmm. goes through the streets, traffic, and refuse committee. Um, and we'll have a parking commission meeting first to present our budget to the parking commission uh, coming up in early May. And then um, after that gets voted out, it goes to the Streets, Traffic, and Refuse Committee. And I invite everybody to come in and, and plug in to see how we're spending parking dollars. We're investing in people in our office. Yeah, I mean, and I, I make light of a little, but that's a bit of the, the perception is that this is a process that goes on and on. It's inaccessible to people who are actually living in the community, but it results in what you see on the street every day. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And every time you feed a meter, every time you pay a parking ticket, a a portion of that is going towards our financial empowerment efforts, not only the College Kids Program, but the Office of Financial Empowerment in City Hall, um, which our primary mission is to help people make better choices with their money. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. That's St. Louis Treasurer Tashara Jones. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.